This episode is brought to you by Stamps.com. Go to Stamps.com and use promo code MERLE for a special offer and stay tuned after the video for more info. Hello everybody, I'm Dan Merle here with my recap of the British Academy Film Awards, otherwise known as the BAFTAs, which were held last night. It's basically the fancy British Oscars if you want to dumb it down even more. They were streamed here stateside on the streaming service BritBox. That was actually my first time revisiting BritBox since I immersed myself in classic Doctor Who all those years ago for Honest Trailers and lost a piece of my sanity that I've honestly never gotten back. It was also an interesting viewing experience here with BritBox because they basically streamed the last two hours of the ceremony. So there were a lot of awards that were given off air. So if you were in the room, you sat through a couple of hours of awards and then the show basically started with the host coming out and doing a monologue and the last two hours were streamed with what people would call the major awards. I don't necessarily agree with shuffling a lot of stuff off air, so to speak, but it did make the ceremony a pretty tight two hours. It was hosted by David Tennant, who I thought was a pretty good host. He had a bit to open the show and he had a monologue, etc. I think he did what I want an award show host to do, which is to to come out, be very high energy, get a few laughs from the audience, and then just keep the show going and ending on time. There weren't a whole lot of other bells and whistles, but one thing I did like was the live performance of Murder on the Dance Floor, the song that was featured in the final scene of Saltburn. How fun for an artist to have a hit single that was released over 20 years ago and then get this second life in a movie like Saltburn. I would show you a clip of the scene that Murder on the Dance Floor is used in from the movie Saltburn, but it would get me demonetized for so many reasons, copyright being the least of them. So let's break down some of the winners, some of the ones that I thought were surprises, and whether I think it's going to have much influence on the Academy Awards race. One category that surprised me was the special visual effects category, which was won by Poor Things. It beat The Creator, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Napoleon, and Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Poor Things was actually the only nominee in the visual effects categories that isn't up for the Academy Award. So we basically learned nothing about the visual effects category at the Oscars because it was the only movie that definitely will not win an Academy Award. Godzilla Minus One is in the category at the Oscars in place of Poor Things, the winner of the BAFTA. Best Original Screenplay was won by Anatomy of a Fall, which beat Barbie, Maestro, The Holdovers, and Past Lives. Barbie, of course, is nominated for Adapted Screenplay at the Academy Awards, but three of the other Original Screenplay nominees are up against Anatomy of a Fall, and this is sort of crystallizing, perhaps, as the movie that is the frontrunner for the Oscars. Some people thought that maybe it would be the holdovers, but it looks like Anatomy of a Fall may now be the odds-on favorite to take home that Academy Award. One of the big surprises for me was American Fiction, which took home the BAFTA for Best Adapted Screenplay over Oppenheimer, Poor Things, The Zone of Interest, and All of Us Strangers. All of Us Strangers is not nominated for the Academy Award. Barbie is in the Adapted Screenplay category at the Oscars. And I really think that this is one of those that is wide open. And at certain points, people have said, well, I think it's going to be Barbie. Well, I think it's going to be Oppenheimer. So I don't really think that the BAFTAs do anything here to crystallize any sort of a frontrunner. If anything, I think it just sort of mixes up the category even more. Another surprise for me was The Boy and the Heron winning Best Animated Film over Elemental, Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget, and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And I don't necessarily think that this takes Across the Spider-Verse out of the frontrunner spot. But what I think this does do with the BAFTA win 
and the Golden Globe win for The Boy and the Heron is set up a two-movie race. But The Boy and the Heron is cutting things even closer, and I would put it officially on upset alert. If The Boy and the Heron does end up winning the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature, I don't think that I would be as surprised as I would have been if it weren't taking some of these other awards. One award that wasn't the surprise was Best Supporting Actor, which went to Robert Downey Jr., who has been the heavy frontrunner for quite some time. He beat out Robert De Niro, Paul Meskel, Dominic Sessa, Jacob Elordi, and Ryan Gosling. And I actually liked his speech, which was a recap of his career, but through the lens of the British artists who have influenced him over the years. When I was 15, I wanted to be Peter O'Toole. Uh, when I was 25, I worked for Richard Attenborough with Anthony Hopkins. This is actually Robert Downey Jr.'s second BAFTA award. He won the BAFTA for Best Actor for Chaplin all the way back in 1993. And the BAFTA award winner for Best Supporting Actor has matched up with the Academy Award winner for Best Supporting Actor seven of the last 10 years, if you don't include this year. Although the winners did not match last year when Ki Hui Kwan won just about every award, but Barry Keoghan won the BAFTA for the Banshees of Anna Sharon. Also, while we're talking about Robert Downey Jr.'s win, that category was presented by Gillian Anderson. And when she came out, I definitely had a Mandela effect Berenstein Bears moment because when she started talking, she had a British accent. And the BAFTA goes to? And I literally started questioning my reality because in my brain, I had no idea that Gillian Anderson was British. In my brain, she had always been American, and this just completely blew my mind. I had to do some research, and it turns out that Gillian Anderson was born in the U.S., but lived in England when she was young, till she was about 11 years old, and lives in England now, and can actually switch back and forth between a British accent and an American accent, which is incredibly impressive. I didn't know any of that, so when Gillian Anderson came out and started speaking very poshly, my world crumbled just a little bit, which, which kind of tells you how fragile my world is, that it can crumble at things like Gillian Anderson had an accent I didn't expect her to have. Best Supporting Actress also went to the longtime frontrunner Davine Joy Randolph, who beat out Claire Foy, Emily Blunt, Sandra Huller, Danielle Brooks, and Rosamund Pike. Paul Giamatti. Oh gosh, I cry every time I say your name. <laughs> and she has received over 50 awards already from various awards and critics groups for her performance in The Holdovers. She is as unstoppable as it gets, even more so than Robert Downey Jr. at this point. Six of the last 10 BAFTA winners for Best Supporting Actress have gone on to win the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. Although, again, the winner did not match up last year when Jamie Lee Curtis took home the Oscar, but Carrie Condon took home the BAFTA for The Banshees of Inish. Sharon. The Zone of Interest is in a very curious position. It won both Best Film, not in the English language, as well as Best British Film, and it's very rare that you see a movie that could qualify and win for both of those categories. And I think a lot of people might be surprised to learn that The Zone of Interest is technically a British film, but yes, it is, even though it was shot entirely in Poland, as the director noted when he was accepting the award by a Polish crew and stars mainly non-Brits. It was directed by a Brit, it was funded by Brits, so it is is a film from the UK and I don't really know when the next time will be that we'll have a movie that could win both of these two awards. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. 
Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Best Director was presented by Hugh Grant to Christopher Nolan, who beat out Alexander Payne, Jonathan Glazer, Justine Trier, Bradley Cooper, and Andrew Haig. This is an incredible honor, and I'm very grateful for it. Thank you. And Nolan's BAFTA wins this year were his first ever BAFTA wins as a producer, a writer, or a director. He was nominated for both Dunkirk and Inception. The BAFTA winner for Best Director has gone on to win the Academy Award for Best Director seven out of the last ten years. Although, and this is a trend, the winners did not match up last year. Last year, Edward Berger won for All Quiet on the Western Front, while the Daniels won for Everything Everywhere All at Once at the Oscars. One of the most hotly contested and unpredictable races going into Oscar night is the race for leading actor. And at the BAFTAs, this might not be such a surprise. Killian Murphy won the award for his role as J. Robert Oppenheimer, beating out T.O.U., Bradley Cooper, Coleman Domingo, Barry Keoghan, and Paul Giamatti, who was locked in a death race with Killian Murphy for the Oscar. I want to thank my fellow nominees and my Oppenhomies. That was a rhyme. <laughs> Nine out of the last 10 Best Actor winners at the BAFTAs have gone on to win the Academy Award, except for, wait for it, last year when Austin Butler won Best Actor for Elvis and Brendan Fraser won the Oscar for The Whale. So even this category, which BAFTA has matched closer than any other category when it comes to the Oscars, is still not as predictive as you would think because of last year and the fact that none of the major winners matched up. And by the way, can I just say that it is great to have a Best Actor race at the Oscars that is between Killian Murphy and Paul Giamatti. I can't think of two actors that I would want to win the Oscar more. Honestly, for me, the best case scenario would be a tie because it would mean that two actors who have put in the work, who have put in years of largely unrecognized hard work in the trenches as an actor could both be recognized for what I think are career best performances. It's almost impossible that that's going to happen, but you know, a guy can hope. Emma Stone continued her award season run by winning the BAFTA for Best Leading Actress. She beat out Vivian Opara, Sandra Huller, Carrie Mulligan, Fantasia Barino, and Margot Robbie. He did not laugh at me when he taught me how to say water, even though as an American, I say it like... Water. Lily Gladstone, who was the early Oscar frontrunner and I think still very much in the mix, wasn't even nominated at the BAFTAs, so we don't really get a whole lot of insight into that race here. Eight of the last ten Best Actress winners at the BAFTA have gone on to win the Academy Award, except for the last two years, including last year, where Kate Blanchett won for Tar and Michelle Yeoh wrote a late surge to win for Everything Everywhere All at Once. And then we have Best Film, which was presented in a surprise appearance by Michael J. Fox, who got a massive standing ovation. It was a very genuinely heartwarming moment. And Oppenheimer, no surprise, really came out on top, beating Anatomy of a Fall, Killers of the Flower Moon, The Holdovers, and Poor Things. Magnus Nolan. Your dad and I are the luckiest people in the world. This is the first BAFTA win for Emma Thomas and Christopher Nolan as producers. They were nominated for Dunkirk and Inception. This is also the first BAFTA win for producer Charles Roven, who was nominated as part of the team behind American Hustle almost a decade ago. And when it comes to Best Picture, the BAFTAs have been basically useless as far as matching up to the Academy Awards. The BAFTA winner for Best Film has only matched Best Picture one time out of the last 10 years, 
and that was Nomadland a few years back. So while it looks like Oppenheimer is cruising down the road to a Best Picture win, this is actually an award that you can't really use as a prediction of any kind because the BAFTAs more often than not, especially in the last decade, choose a different movie from the Academy when it comes to Best Picture. When we look at the total award count, Oppenheimer won seven for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor, Best Score, Best Cinematography, and Best Editing. Poor Things won five BAFTAs for Best Actress, Best Production Design, Best Costume Design, Best Makeup and Hair, and Best Visual Effects. The Zone of Interest won three awards for Best British Film, Best Film Not in the English Language, and Best Sound, and I was very happy to see the sound team from that film recognized at the BAFTAs. The Holdovers was the only other film that won multiple awards. It won for Best Supporting Actress and Best Casting. Killers of the Flower Moon went 0 for 9, even though it was tied for the third most nominations of any film this year. Maestro went 0 for 7. All of Us Strangers went 0 for 6. And Barbie and Saltburn both went 0 for 5. And when we talk about the BAFTAs and the Oscars, and how influential the BAFTAs might be on Oscar voting, I don't think that the voting body really makes much of an impact. There's not a huge amount of overlap, and there are different sensibilities. The BAFTAs tend to be a little bit more Brit-centric, a little bit more Euro-centric, and that's not that surprising. I think the main takeaway here, as we're, I think, four days away from the opening of Oscar voting, is that it keeps Oppenheimer at the forefront in the Best Picture race, and I think really more than anything, it just cements the fact that Oppenheimer looks basically unstoppable on its road to a Best Picture win. Now, I, I will caveat that with the fact that there have been other movies, namely La La Land, that have looked as unstoppable or more going into Oscar night. And then, of course, La La Land did not win Best Picture, which really shouldn't be news to anybody, unless you fell into a coma right as La La Land was announced for Best Picture and are just now coming out of that coma, in which case, boy... We have a lot to go over. So those are my thoughts on the BAFTAs. What do you think? Did you check them out live? What do you think of the winners? Let me know down in the comments below. And before we go, I want to thank the sponsor for this video, Stamps.com. We are well into February, and all that excitement from the new year has worn off, which means that for many of us, we're back to the grind of running our day-to-day -day lives. But there's no reason why your grind can't become your groove as you operate at peak efficiency, and a great step in that direction is using Stamps.com, especially if you run your own business. Stamps.com helps you out with rates that you can't find anywhere else, like up to 89% off of USPS and UPS, plus they automatically tell you your cheapest and fastest shipping options so you don't have to navigate all these different carriers. If you sell products online, Stamps.com seamlessly connects with every major marketplace and shopping cart, and all you need to use Stamps.com is a computer and printer. They even send you a free scale so that you'll have everything you need to get started. And with the Stamps.com app, it's like having a post office in your pocket 24-7. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code MERLE for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code MERLE. Thanks to Stamps.com for sponsoring this video, and thank you for watching. There's so much going on here this week. I've got Charts with Dan tomorrow. I've got a Dune Part 2 review coming up this week. I've got a review of Avatar The Last Airbender on Netflix coming up this week. Lots to take in, so be sure to subscribe. Hit that bell button so that you're notified when I upload a new video, and we're going to have a lot of fun this week. I appreciate you spending part of your day here with me. Until next time, stay safe, and I'll see you then. Bye.
Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.